Okay, welcome to another episode of Life Leadership and the Pursuit of Greatness. I'm your host, Tim Lovell. I'm flying solo today, but I have a distinguished guest with me, a, a mentor, a long friend, Coach Bob Forsyth is in studio with us today. We're uh, we're uh, live streaming, but you can't see us. You'll just be able to hear us. But uh, Coach Forsyth, thanks for joining me today. It's um, it's really been uh, an honor to know you, and I'm really excited to do this. Well, I appreciate you having me. You uh, you've got quite an interesting story uh, as to how you got into high school coaching and and teaching. Um, and you've got a really cool, cool story. So I was hoping before we kind of dive into the WIT concept, if you could talk about your story, your background and and how you ended sure. up at Linmar. Yeah, absolutely. So, well, um, I started coaching when I was uh, really young. Right. When I got out of high school, um, my head football coach, Larry Brown, longtime uh, football coach at Iowa City High. That's where I went to high school at City High School in Iowa City. And when I got done playing and uh, started off to go to the University of Iowa during the summer before I, w- I started college, uh, he happened to come by a place where we were painting houses. Um, I was painting with some other uh, of my high school coaches there and just kind of asked me, you know, what I was thinking about doing and whether I still wanted to stay involved with football and would I be interested in volunteering coaching at the high school. And I said, that seemed like a great idea. So I went up there and uh, so I was just one year out of school or one, one season out and was a volunteer coach and I uh, just kind of caught the bug <laughs> from there. And and that was a great experience for me to do that. And I stayed there as I went through college, I was a, a varsity coach uh, at city high around a, a lot of good coaches that were there at that time. Um, Dave, Dave Jacobson who went on and, coached for a long time in Iowa high school football and Dan Sabers, the current coach was there as an assistant coach also. So uh, it was great experience for me and, uh, you know, have uh, being able to find out, Hey, there's more to this than Friday night. (laughs) There's more than this. And just having the fun time you have on Friday night and see it from a coach's perspective for the first time was, was great for me. And Larry Brown was somebody who was awfully motivated and, um, really into learning about football. So he taught me an awful lot. All those guys did. It gave me a great foundation to work from a great work ethic. Uh, we spent a lot of time, uh, more time than I had thought that you would take on football, on coaching, on, and I was thinking about this uh, when you called me up to do this, you know, uh, a lot of young coaches don't have a, a concept of sitting at a high school football game, one coach in the middle coaches on each side, one person saying the down and distance and the coach writing it on a, a card, the other a coach saying what formation they're in, the other coach drawing the play and draw, doing it all on cards and then poking the hole in for first down, second down, third down, and then pulling those cards out. And that's how you did your scouting report. So, uh, you know, as 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 co- those kind of things in coaching progressed, it's always interesting to hear people kind of complain about or all these other things when you had to kind of do it the yeoman's way back then. So, but anyways, I was there for uh, a while. I uh, graduated from college when I was still coaching there and then uh, had a really great opportunity. One thing Larry Brown uh, always uh, had us do, like I said, was we, we did a lot of stuff in the off season also, as far as he would often call me and say, do you want to go over and watch Iowa practice, you know, in the, in spring ball, do you want to go over and, and talk to those Iowa coaches and see them in spring ball. And I used to go all the time. I used to meet him over there after class or whatever it was. And so I kind of had a little relationship there with some of the coaches at Iowa and they had a graduate assistant uh, position open. And so when I left city high, I went to Iowa as a graduate assistant. And uh, that was a really beneficial uh, environment to be in. A lot of great coaches uh, got a great chance to see, football uh, from the college side of it, right, is much different than the high school, you know, and, and see it from the college side of really get in depth with uh, uh, the knowledge of football and being around those guys. So when I was able to get there, a lot of good coaches were there and that was a great experience. I was there for two years and uh, really took and just tried to be like a sponge, right? We worked hard like all coaches do and um, uh, were able to learn just a, a ton of stuff about that. Left uh, Iowa, went to Augustana College, 
and went up there. It was a Division II school at that time in the North Central League. You know, it used to be the North Central before a lot of those teams went 1AA. So I coached at Augustana for a while and then uh, went from there to Morningside. So kind of got on the treadmill a little bit of uh, kind of stayed on the same interstate, though, <laughs> actually, Western Iowa. So went from Augustana in Sioux Falls to Morningside in Sioux City, uh, from Morningside in Sioux City, then to the University of South Dakota in Vermilion. Um, so I had great experiences at all those stops. And then really, uh, when I was at South Dakota, uh, which happens to most people, I think you start to you're married and you, kids start to pop up. And then, you know, as you know, being involved in college football, college football is different. Uh, there are a lot of the recruiting aspect is is big in college football and it really pulls you away from your family. Uh, so during my time in South Dakota, uh, I kind of started thinking about what do I really like about football? What do I want? What, what, do I, what does football mean to me? Is it really about uh, driving three hours uh, to, to talk to a young man who probably doesn't want to go to South Dakota anyways? And uh, or is it more about <laughs> is it more about? The relationships that you build and how does that, how do I balance that with my family and and all those kind of things. So I did decide I would like to try to find a, a high school experience, uh, a, a place where I could start uh, possibly as a head coach and get back into the high school. Uh, when I sat down with my wife, you know, and kind of wrote out what's what's most important to me about football. Uh, recruiting wasn't up there very high. Right. So uh, and I was able to. Um, uh, have a, a PE teaching opportunity and head football coach at Abraham Lincoln High School in Council Bluffs, Iowa. Um, and uh, had, we had a chance to go there. Had a kind of a unique opportunity to hire some really good assistant coaches uh, from that that area uh, when I got there. And we were able to have uh, some pretty good success there. And then during the course of my time there, um, I had the Limor High School kind of reached out to me uh, when they had an opening uh, through some people that I knew through coaching, and we just started a dialogue. And you know, I uh, my wife went to Linmar, so that was a big draw for that also. And and for us to come back to, to Eastern Iowa was a big draw too to get back because my family is from Iowa City and my wife's family. So ended up at Linmar, and uh, you know, it turned out to be one of the greatest experiences of my life to be around some assistant coaches that I just felt great about. Uh, uh, their their place in our program, their place as family men, their place as teachers. Um, and we just had, you know, as well as you well know, I thought we just had a whole lot of fun and uh, were able to impact a whole lot of kids and uh, able to do some things that maybe people didn't think they could do there. And uh, so it just turned out to be a great experience. So that's kind of the football trail in a nutshell there, kind of. It, it seems short when you say it, but it took me a lot. <laughs> No, it's kind of get there. It, it tells the story of who you are and really kind of how, how you came to be the coach that I know you to be. And, um, you know, relationships, I thought was a, was a really important word because that was one thing I thought you just did a ph phenomenal job of is building into the coaches and building into the players uh, we had in the program when I was with you at Linmar. And, and so I, you know, I was curious, you know, you obviously had a philosophy when you got to you know, you were under Larry Brown, you got to Iowa and you and, and then you went to the college and came back to the high school. How did your coaching philosophy morph into really what it is today? I, I know you, you talked about the, the recruiting piece kind of pushing you away from the college scene, but that's not necessarily philosophy. But um, can you speak to that a little bit, coach? Yeah, absolutely. And I'm glad you brought that up because I think it's so important. And this is something that I've talked to, as you know, I've talked to young coaches or, or new coaches or even older coaches, I think it's important uh, that you do start to develop your philosophy about how, uh, especially if you want to be a head coach someday, you know, and I, I I really liked and was fortunate enough to surround myself with guys that I thought wanted to be head coaches. I thought it's important. Uh, I always felt like assistant coaches, I tried to give them a lot of uh, responsibility once they kind of earned that part, because I think it, it's always important in coaching to say, hey, I'd, I would like to try to do this. I, I was always looking for guys I thought that wanted to be head coaches. I thought those guys make pretty good assistant coaches uh, to have. But I, I always felt it's important that the guys that do get into coaching, young coaches, start to develop what your philosophy is. How are you going to approach uh, your coaching, whether it's a, be as an assistant or a head coach? What are the things, especially if, if you're the position coach, you know, 
what are you going to allow the kids to do? What do you, what are you going to take a stand on? How are you going to teach them? What are the things you're going to do? So one of the philosophies I really built on, uh, and, and I was exposed to all the way up through my coaching and, and whether it's by experience or by somebody telling me this, I think is what you touched on a little bit. Really, it's about relationships that you can build uh, with your assistant coaches and the players. I mean, X's and O's kind of take care of themselves usually along the way, right? Um, if you're adept enough to figure out what you can or can't do is usually what the deal is. But as far as uh, whether X can block O and those kind of things, you know, th those will kind of take care of itself. But the relationships you build and the trust that you can kind of get with the players and the coaches, uh, I think was one of my biggest philosophies was that I tried to really wanted to create an environment where people felt like they were a part of it. And, and whether you were a coach or a player, felt like they were part of it, felt like there's a reason. I know that it's in vogue now to say row the boat. You know, how there's a lot of different ways to say that, right, to what it means to be a good teammate. And and so I, I was exposed to a lot of different things, you know, whether it was uh, getting into college was high into scheme, high into, you know, recruiting and those kind of things, or rather fall back into high school is more about, hey, here's a bunch of impressionable young men that want to be have some guidance, want some structure. You know, the student athletes that usually gravitate towards football, right, are the ones that want structure, want to be pushed, want to show some accountability. But I think in the overall, my philosophy was to try to help people develop their own philosophy hmm. about how they're going to coach and about how they're going to approach their group or their element or their part of whatever they're doing for the program. Well, I, I can tell you, you know, you were absolutely critical in, in my ability to get the job at Marion because of what you allowed me to do in your program. You know, I'll touch more on that as we get through that. But, I, you know, you were dead on. And that's one of the things I'm most grateful for is I learned what I was good at and what I really needed help at. And, you know, that that's really how I grew as a coach. And owning owning the different pieces is really important for guys and to go through that struggle uh, and maybe get it wrong. Um, a few times and but but then have someone like yourself to help correct and other coaches we were with um, you know you, you talk about relationships but you know I I was around you for a while at, at Linmar and, and and saw you get on some people in a good way but I, I want people to hear some of the non-negotiables you had um, for the way that you coach and the way you handled your program because of you know you mentioned the word accountability um, but what were the things that you're like, this is this is who we are. This is not who we are. And this is how we're going to this is how we're going to handle our business. Yeah. One of the things I think and, you know, you've heard me say this before and I used to tell the kids. Right. I think one of the one of the greatest things anybody can say about you as a person is that you have a great work ethic. Right. Mm -hmm. And and that those were one of the you know, that if you were going to be around our environment, if you were going to be around what we were doing. Right. Um, you were going to have a role and you were going to have to work. You know, they, you know, we used to talk about that all the time, right? There's a, everybody can have a role, but everybody has to work. It touches back a little bit what you were saying, even as a head coach with the assistant coaches, right? And I know you've heard me say this before, too. I didn't need to be in an environment where a bunch of guys are standing around while the head coach is walking around telling everybody, you know, this or that, or this is what they have to do, right? I want to look for guys, you know, and I used to say all the time, if I have to come down and do and coach your position, right? Then what do I need you for you right. know, standing here? So, and that's kind of putting the responsibility on the coaches to get out there and coach and don't be afraid to fail. You know, don't be afraid to, Hey, I want to do. And, and that goes with teaching as you know, as well too, you know, you, you always look back and reflect on your lesson. But I, I, I think that was one of the, the, the non-negotiables, if you want to put it that way, is that we were going to work and, uh, and, and everybody was going to have a role and everybody was going to put forth effort to what we were doing. Um, and and uh, that was coaches or players. And, and I think that was one of them. I think the other one was that we I would want to try to hold the team concept as, as much as we could is that your place on the team, you know, and, and your your stance as a good teammate or however you want to put it, it's not necessarily have anything to do with your 40 yard dash or your you know, what you can produce for us as far as catches or runs or <laughs> those type of things. You know, we're looking for people that, number one, want to work. Number two, want to be good teammates by, you know, sacrificing what their needs are for what the team's needs are. 
Mm-hmm. And so, and, and that's often very hard to do, whether it's coaches or players or even for the head coach, right? Uh, to really put yourself up there and say, I'm here, um, I'm going to do whatever I can. Um, and a lot of kids will say that or so or shake their head yes if you tell them that. But then when it comes time to say to them, maybe, hey, we think we want to do a little different thing here with this guy going and you're not going, that's when it, it, it's hard for kids to hang on to that. And, you know, not everybody's going to be perfect all the time. That's why we all tried to help each other. So those are a couple of things I thought were probably non-negotiable as far as, you know, you're there, we want you to work, and want you to be a good teammate. Well, I, I, I just, I distinctly remember the palpable feeling of the demand for excellence uh, through accountability that you had immediately when I came into the program. Um, can you speak to how you handled that with, with players. Cause I know as, as a head coach, you had a lot of difficult conversations with kids that I was never really a part of, but I, I know you had them because you had to. And, and, um, you know, talk about developing accountability in your players. Can you? Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think uh, that is one of the key things uh, that I think is important um, for the football program to give to the kids that are involved, because it's going to carry out, and reverberate through almost everything they do uh, from that day forward out into their life, right? And as you know, and I know you do there, we spend a lot of time talking about, okay, this is the now, but try to think ahead. And it's hard for kids to see ahead, but try to think ahead, right? This We're, we're doing this stuff now so that we can help you when you're in that boardroom, you know, when you're in your living room, when you're the dad, you know, we used to talk about that a lot. Yeah. When you're the dad, when you're at work, you know, so it's important that we make an environment that you are accountable for uh, being where you're supposed to be and and doing what you're supposed to do. So uh, one of the things I think was important, like when I came to Linmar or even when I came to Abraham Lincoln, and we've talked about this before is uh, this is an old coach fry thing, but you had to find the bell cow, right? Mm. I think it's, it's important within the group of players that you're going to, especially when you take over, right? As And you come into a program and the kids don't necessarily know you or know the assistance you're bringing in. And and to be honest, you know, they're loyal to the other guys and that that's fine. That's that's the way it is. You hope it's that way. But you always got to kind of look for who the bell cow are, who, who, who are the kids going to follow? And, and just like you do in almost every situation in life, you know, especially when you're a coach or a teacher, right? You're you're always constantly trying to get people on your side, right? <laughs> you're yeah. trying to get people trying to get people to see things your way, and and that's that's often very tough. Uh, but like you said, we had a lot of tough conversations when we came in, uh, just because, you know, if you want to use the word old school or however you want to phrase it, right? I, I guess I do tend to be kind of old school, right? I do kind of tend to think there's there's a certain way that football has to be presented uh, to the kids. And it's not really necessarily um, that they make all the decisions or that, you know, we just do whatever we want to do. Or if you're not around, it's not a big deal. Right. And that doesn't mean that, you know, kids don't have input or kids don't feel like they have input. But like I said, I think in my experience, kids respond to structure and they respond to accountability um, overall for the most part. And if you can present that to them, then I think they gravitate towards that and they can thrive on that. And then they can take that out. When they're done, you know, it's not necessarily going to be about, you know, can you get through this practice or can you can we score this many points or whatever? Because all that, like we used to talk about, all those things are going to fade off into the sunset about what happened on Friday night, what happened here. But when you sit down and you have a tough decision in your life, uh, if you have a medical issue, if you have a, a business issue, if you have a family issue, you know, are you going to reach back and grab some of that stuff, some of the toughness, if you want to put it that way? Uh, that that football was a part of in your formative years, you know, then I think it's worth it for kids. Yeah, the three words that stuck out to me was uh, attitude, effort, toughness. Those are the three words that I heard over and over and over. And those are the things that you got to control and you got to bring every day. And, and that's a tough proposition for a lot of kids at times. Um, how, how did you navigate that issue with kids that, that didn't necessarily want to bring those every day? Yeah. I think, and that's the challenge, isn't it? <laughs> that's yeah. that's, co- that's coaching and teaching right there. That's the challenge. But I thought those three terms we really gravitated towards as a group of coaches and, and put out to the kids because the selling point on all those is 
those are three things that you have complete control over, right? There are going to be so many things in life, in football, in life, in your school life, in your personal life, in your work life that you don't have much control over, right? But every day you have control over your attitude, your effort, and how tough you are. And, and by the way, like we talked about, and I used to tell the kids, toughness isn't just about uh, can you take a punch? Can you get knocked down? Can you get back up? It's the mental toughness, right? If they say, these are the things we want you to do for work. Can you be tough enough to be in there and, and do those and spend those extra time doing it? Here are some health concerns that maybe somebody in your family has. Are you tough enough to be the right leader to, to show them that you are going to, they are going to get through it? So toughness is not just about a physical part of it, right? It's it's that, but but those three things are, things that you can control every day. And, and, and as they get older, I think kids find out many things are spinning that they don't have control about. Um, and so, but as far as trying to get kids, like I said, coaching and teaching, which I use synonymously, right? I think we all understand that, that the coaching is just teaching, you know, um, those, those, those things right there are going to help you. The, the, the trying to get kids to that point is the challenge, right? And uh, you got to do that as the teacher or the coach, find out the individual buttons. And that goes back to relationships, right? You get to know kids in a, in a certain type of way. I was never one to really feel like friends is the right word um, or a coach and a player. Uh, you know, maybe as you develop, as, as time goes by, uh, certainly friendships are formed. But more in that situation, it's a, it's a mentor of a, of a young kid, you know, and you're you're uh, you're able to try to get them on your side. And that's the biggest challenge of coaching. So whatever you can do, find within a kid, whatever kind of buttons it pushes. And one of the great things about football and sports generally, but football especially is, you know, the, the football doesn't care what color your skin is or what religion you are, or, you know, whether your dad has money or your dad doesn't have money, right? Everybody kind of mixes in there together. And so to find what motivates a kid uh, uh, to put forth that effort, um, from a coaching standpoint, I always felt like it's going to help you in the immediate, but helps the kid more down the road. Yeah. Coaching isn't complicated, uh, but it is hard, <laughs> you know, and I, and I think, um, you know, uh, moving from an assistant to a, to a head coaching role, uh, you definitely see that. Um, so can you talk about that transition um, and what it was like for you coming from no, number one college, but then as an assistant taking over a high school program, what, what were the things that you picked up on? Like, holy cow, I wish I had known that. Um, or, or, you know, I'm glad I didn't know that now that I, you know, now that I'm in it. What were some of the biggest takeaways you had from assistant to head coach? Well, that, that kind of question there, there was a ton of them. <laughs> I mean, when you, the best thing about being the head coach, right. Uh, when you go from assistant to head coaches, you don't, you know, you can make some of the decisions, right? You, right. When you're assistant, you're kind of suggesting that, you know, and I always felt like uh, um, it was great to always get the assistant coaches uh, input. But then the, one of the nice things about being the head coach is you can go ahead and make those decisions and uh, with the input from the staff uh, to do it that way. So, you know, I always felt like I, as soon as I got involved with football, I always felt like that I wanted to be a head coach. You know, I wanted to have, uh, that responsibility. I, I wanted to kind of run the, uh, take what I've learned and kind of put that into any program uh, that I was in charge of. But like you said, you're right. When you get to that that point, um, you know the 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 hurdles of trying to get the coaches all on the same page and the players are all on the same page. I, I don't think there's any real way to prepare for it. I mean, you know, you just have to get in there. And you have to grind it out and you have to work it out. And, you know, if I had any advice to anybody moving from that situation to a head coach is do whatever you can to find good assistance. Yes. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because yes. I think if, if I give myself credit for anything in the stops that I've had, and when I've had the choices of, of, of who to, to do it with, I've, I've made some pretty good choices on guys uh, that I've had and I've been able to, um, kind of get a feel for guys pretty quick about whether they can do it or not. You know, a lot of times, uh, you know, coaching the X's and O's like I've talked about, but how do you engage with the kids? How do you motivate the kids? How do you, 
you know, kind of those things are so important in coaching, whether you know all this about the defense or all that about offense. It's more about how you move through day to day and how you can relate to kids. And when you find guys that can do that and, and find guys that kids will, I think as a head coach, one of the things I learned too, and I, I think I learned this mostly from Coach Fry is if you can create an environment where it's kind of the head coach, uh, it's the assistant coaches and the players versus the head coach, if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. You, you you find sometimes you can really get a good reaction out of the kids that will play hard for the assistant coaches. And when you can find guys like I had at Linmar, with, and you were one of them, right, where kids will, you know, go beyond what they think the head coach thinks and care a lot about what the assistant coach thinks, I think you got a pretty good thing going well, and that just takes time. And, you know, the one thing that I have um, perspective on is that, uh, you know, moving from assistant to head coach, and I'm, I'm not telling you I'm perfect, but I, I appreciate you saying that because that was the one thing I really uh, enjoyed the most out of being an assistant coach was the, the intimate environment you could have with your players. As the head coach, it's just more difficult, you know, you know, kids are, kids will tell an assistant, I don't like coach level, you know, and you're, and you're like, why does the kid not like me? I've never even gotten out. You know what I mean? You know, but mm-hmm. that's just, a, you know, a kid hearing, you know, you, you send in, you know, send them a text or you having a conversation about being accountable, you know, and that's getting yelled at. And, you know, the thing I always loved hearing you say was I got shoulders big enough to handle this. So bring whatever it is you got. And I think, I, I think the word toughness um, really just, when I think of you, coach, I just think of tough. I, I just think of somebody who was willing to fight through and demand that everyone else fight with him. Um, and it didn't matter what it took. And, and and that gets me to the whole WIT concept. Um, and you, you you tell a story about a young man that you had. Um, and I know you, it means a lot to you about where whatever it takes comes from. But, you know, without going into too much detail, can, can you talk about that WIT concept, whatever it takes? You know, how did you come to that and, and, and the value of that? Well, you know, I think it's uh, it's just something that uh, I, we used as kind of a framework, right, to start to talk about some things, right? So w- whatever it takes was a kind of a, a euphemism for, okay, what does it take to be a great student, right? What does it, or a good student, right? What does it take to be a good teammate, Right. What does it take? Whatever it takes. Are you willing to do whatever it takes to do those type of things? What, what does it take to be a great uh, brother or a son or a boyfriend or eventually a husband? You know, whatever it takes. Are you willing to do whatever it takes? And then once you could do that, you could break it down to, okay, these are the skills that you do kind of mean. If, if you're thinking you're willing to do whatever it takes to be a good teammate. Okay, are you sure about that? These are the things that it's going to take to be a good teammate. And one of those things is going to be you're going to be held accountable about the things that you do in practice, in the weight room, in the hallways. You know, you're going to carry the whole team with you all at all times, you know, and, and just as a way, kind of a structure as a way to kind of talk about those things and, and, and maybe kind of pull it all together for uh, the players. As you know, we, we spent a lot of time WIT talking about WIT. Um, and those kind of things, especially that one year. But I think as a framework for your program, uh, kids start to understand, you know, what that term means um, and, and and what are the skills that you need to do those things. So that's how I kind of used it. Can, can you um, are, are you able to do you feel comfortable sharing the story that you that you that you, uh, you had with a kid out west that, that had the accident in the hospital and WIT? Yeah. Which one now? Which one do you want to tell me the story about what? Well, you had a young man that was in the hospital and you went and visited him and, you know, he gave you the. Yeah. I, that, that, that to me is the one that, you know, really hit home with, you know, understanding the big picture. Are you, 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 you good sharing a little bit of that? Well, it was just a situation. Are you talking about the kid? Uh, um, uh, which kid? The kid that was in the hospital? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, that was just a, a thing with a kid there that, that uh, I had really, uh, you know, cared a lot for that kid and um, a situation where he was, uh, you know, down and out and all those kind of things. And we just kind of came up with that term, whatever it takes. 
Is that what you're thinking about or? Yeah. 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 He gave, didn't he give you the thumbs up? And Yeah. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah. I want to make sure I keep it together. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah. yeah. So it was, it was kind of born through that deal. And, and uh, that was a, that was a kind of a tough situation. But Yeah. Well, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back with Coach Forsyth, we're going to talk about his experiences at Iowa and at, at Linmar. Um, we can't wait to, to hear uh, what else is on Coach's radar in terms of what he's reading. We'll be right back. Okay, welcome back. Uh, we're here again with Coach Bob Forsyth. Uh, Coach, you, you spent uh, formative years coaching under, under the tutelage of uh, a Hall of Fame legend uh, known as Hayden Fry. And, you know, I was hoping you could share with some of our listeners some of your favorite memories of being around him as a GA and the staff. And, I, you know, I've heard a ton of stories and I've heard you do the impression. I won't ask you to do that in front of everybody. But, you know, what were some of your favorite highlights that you had in, in, in working down there? Well, I'll tell you that something about Coach Fry is uh, he was just a, a presence, right? He was just a like a force of nature. Um, and uh, I learned a lot about football, like I said, and uh, the, the slant he always had on it was, you know, more about the people around you. That was a big thing for him, right? Having the people around you rather than worrying so much about all the other stuff, right? If you had good people, uh, then things were going to turn out okay, right? But so it was a what a great experience it was for me uh, finishing up uh, wherever we were at City High one year, and then the next year opening up in the Orange Bowl against Miami, you know, as a as a GA, and and just right from there, you know, just all the a chance to be around a lot of great coaches on that football staff: Bobby Elliott, Dave Triplett, um, you know, a lot of a lot of really good coaches: uh, Bill Brazier. Uh, was a guy that I still know. I saw Coach Brazier a couple weeks ago. Um, those guys were very open uh, to to me as a as a graduate assistant. I was surrounded with some really good guys that have gone on and done some good things um, as that were fellow GAs there with me and and those kind of things. But I think the biggest thing about Coach Fry was, uh, you know, he was just a, he was really a people person, right? He was really a you know, our meetings with him in the room, right, were never about X's and O's, right? It was never about, hey, get up there and show this, right? It was more about organization. It was more about talking about the kids, you know, in a in a personal sense about what motivates the kids, right? It was all, it was mostly about that. So he really uh, went out of his way to to help the younger coaches, right? Things were a lot different back then when I when I was at Iowa, right? There wasn't there was only nine coaches, right? There was only four GAs or whatever it was. There wasn't all these analysts and everything like that. So there wasn't there wasn't a lot of a lot of coaches there. So it was a it was a different environment. But you know, I just thought I was always uh, impressed with his organizational skills. I mean, we we spent a lot of time uh, in meetings talking about what people might think are very mundane things, but we had things down to a T so that everybody knew exactly what to do. Um, and he was a very military oriented guy, right? From the military. So he used to always say, you got to know what it's like to be in a certain place at a certain time with a certain look on your face. Right. So we used to, it was very precision set like that. So just the attention to detail. Um, and, and like I said, his personality uh, was big. He during recruiting, he was great with the parents, great with the moms, great with the kids, uh, and I, I think it showed through right and, and all the success that uh, he had there at Iowa. So it was just a it was a really great experience for me, and uh, probably uh, somewhat lucky uh, the way the events played out that I was able to to, to be there as a high school uh, assistant coach, just kind of hanging around in Iowa City, right? Those. They usually get other people to do those. So it was just a great experience for me. You know, when he passed away, I heard Gordy Bohannon talk about the first time he met Coach Fry. And I just thought it was really interesting. Um, he didn't really talk to him about football. He gave him a book um, on how to be a leader. And he said, you know, before you do anything else in this program, you're going to read this book. And I think that speaks to exactly what you're talking about. I, I just – you know. I, I didn't know Coach Fry, you know, I just knew him from far and, and, and heard your experiences with him. But I, th I just thought that just spoke volumes about what he was looking to do. And and then I, I see that in how you approached 
your business with your coaches and, and your players. And, you know, when, uh, when, when Matt Casebolt brought me in to meet with you, um, spring of 2009, you know, he's like, Hey, just come in and talk to Bob, just come in, just come in and talk to him. And, you know, I was, I was doing pharmaceutical sales and, um, I, I didn't know you, you didn't know me, I, I, you know, but you knew Matt and you trusted him. And, um, I just remember sitting in the back room in that PE office and I, I'll be honest with you, I was kind of sweating bullets cause they had been a while since I'd done anything with football, you know, it had been probably seven years. And, uh, I was like, man, is he going to grill me on cover three or cover two? And, and what's my tech? I, you know, we talked defensive backs and you came in, sat down and just asked me about my family. And you came down and asked me what was important to me and what I wanted to do. What were my aspirations? How did you, how did I feel I could help the program? And then more importantly, uh, how could you help me? And, uh, uh, sorry, but uh, that was the question you always asked me. You know, how can I help you? And uh, and I, I just I've never forgotten that. And uh, yeah, well, I and so I, you that. know, uh, you know, I don't I don't know if you remember that conversation and then what it was, but it was, yeah. it was a very benign conversation. But then it stemmed into a lot of really awesome things. Yeah, well, I know I appreciate that because one of the things I found as I became a head coach, right, was one of the things that I took a lot of uh, delight in, I guess I should say, or, or pride in was trying to be of a help uh, to guys that want to get, you know, I always felt like I owed something back to football, you know, so if I could, if I could do the best I could to uh, impart whatever I could to help younger coaches like you, uh, then they're going to go out and kind of branch out. And because uh, I always felt it was important for football, for there to be guys out there that, uh, can help kids, you know, so that's always something I took a lot of, I guess, personal pride in was trying to be of assistance or be of help to young coaches or new coaches that are trying to get in and trying to, to move through the profession. So, well, no, I appreciate that. And that, 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 that most likely, you know, those are things that, I, you know, every time we would have a staff meeting, you know, I tried to just listen and listen and listen. And those were what it was like with coach Fry. Like you said, that, that, that example with Gordy, uh, you know, doesn't surprise me. Uh, spent very little time talking about scheme. You know, now the, the coordinators did, right? You know, the coordinators, we went off into our offense or defensive. We spent a lot of time talking about that. But I guess being at Iowa kind of gave me the, a, a, a different view of it's not just about, you know, can you double team or whatever. It's more of a, in a program sense, what kind of people are around? I think it still comes back to that. You know what, what kind of people are around you, and um, and and it, more so than what kind of scheme do you run? Yeah, yeah. And so transfer that then to 2008 when you came into the North Side of Marion and became the head coach at at Linmar. There was a um, 24 game losing streak. Is that right? Yeah. And um, you came in, went three and six, and I came in the next year in 2009, and you know, we went nine and two and had a, had quite a run there. Um, for 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 many years, um, talk about how how that changed and what was the what was it like coming in um, to implement the culture that you wanted? Yeah, well, I tell you what, um, it was a big challenge, right? And uh, in a lot of ways, like I think I've told you before, a lot of ways I feel very fortunate to have crossed paths with a lot of guys who helped me along the way and helped me do these things that I wanted to do, <clears throat> you know, and I think that was the biggest thing. I went in there thinking, <clears throat> you know, based on what we've kind of talked about, I've got to find some people around me that are like-minded like me um, that are, and this wasn't necessarily the case with any particular person, but just aren't there to get their stipend, right. That are, that are interested in how football can become uh, a part of the puzzle that's important for kids in a certain age group, you know, how, how can foot, football be a part of their success story? Um, and I thought that that's the mindset that I went into. Whether we were going to try to win, you know, whether we were going to be able to win any games or whatever like that, that, you know, I, that wasn't a high priority for me. It was more about trying to create that type of environment or that kind of culture where kids can come into it and say when they leave, hey, uh, that was a big deal in my life. And like we talked about before, they might go away from it for a little bit, but then when as they get older, they're going to come back and say, hey, 
those assistant coaches and that head coach that I was around, they were really making a lot of sense. They were really talking to me about some things that I should have been listening to harder. But now I see kind of the path. And in my mind, if we could do some of those things, then we we could win, you know, that we would we would be able to win, that winning would come, um, you know, based on the foundation of those type of things. Now, it's always a daunting, <laughs> you know, one of the great things about a job like that, to be honest, when you're coming in is as coach, right, there's there's not much room to go any lower. Right. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, you could, you know, you, you're going to go nothing but upwards. Now, how far can you take it? Depends on how the kids buy in. Depends on like what happened to me. If you're able to get some guys around you uh, that that are hard workers, that are family guys, that care about what happens to the program, that that don't just say, "Hey, this is the way I'm going to do this," and I like Friday night. You know, it's fun to be around the kids on Friday night. You know, the guys I had around for the most part were foundation builders, right? That, that it not only happened on Friday, but these are some things that are important to help us have fun Friday nights. And believe me, those aren't always, you know, the funnest, most exciting things like showing up at eight o'clock to lift and making sure the kids are there, making sure they have a great experience in the weight room, that they're hungry to come back and to lift more. And and that's hard. And that, But that's part of the grind. Yeah. So, well, you know, looking back at, at, at your time, um, Limar, what are some of your most distinguished memories? And, and maybe it's not all about W. Sometimes it's more of a singular moment. But what are some of the things that stand out to you um, just fondly as you look back? I know as a staff, we had a lot of fun together, um, you know, just many, many moments in, in that. But what sticks out to you, Coach? Well, I, you know, I think a couple of things stick out to me. I think fun is is something that for sure does, Right. I think uh, our our tradition of taking the kids to a team camp and, you know, I don't know if the schools here are even doing that anymore, but that was kind of a big thing, you know, and I always thought I always thought that was fun uh, to do. And it was fun to get away um, whether we had uh, the year we had the talent show or you know, what, the years we did the, the obstacle course up there or whatever. I just thought it gave uh, I always left there feeling like, uh, you know, this is a situation the kids are going to remember for a long time. It was a fun environment. It didn't have much to do with football. The whole kind of sequence of the way that we did the team camp was more about, you know, what kind of teammates you are becoming or how uh, can you live with everybody in the bunks, you know, in the mm-hmm. barrier? Can mm-hmm. you practice hard and then get up early in the morning? And then, you know, we had a couple of times where kids are late for breakfast and those oh, yeah. kind of things. But, a couple but, big ones. Uh, <laughs> But the, but but that whole kind of sequence was always fun and and like I said for me it, it was more of just about I had a lot of fun just watching the players and the coaches you know when you felt like the players and the coaches and everybody was on the same page and they're all growing together uh, as a head coach you know you can kind of sit back and really enjoy it and uh, you know I, I think it was uh, a lot of the feedback. Uh, you know that I'm get that I've gotten from former players, right? Uh, has become important more as you move along uh, away from my time there, um, and I think that's been really impactful for me to see that all the hard work that we did together as coaches uh, really was important to kids and, and really has a place in their life, right? And really has been a something that they can look back on with a lot of great memories. Um, but I, I just, uh, the memories I have are a lot of hard work and assistant coaches, the fun we had when we won and how we rallied around each other when we weren't successful, you know, and how we, a lot of hard work went into it. So, so I, I think, you know, a question, I, I have a feeling I know where you're going to go with this, but it, you know, you, you see a lot of things on social media now with regards to the game of football and the grind and. You know, I, I, I know we had those T-shirts, embrace the grind, get ready. It's a new day. And, um, you know, some of the some of the stuff out there is, you know, a lot of speed and rest and, you know, maybe maybe not having as much contact or, um, you know, putting kids through these diff- difficult situations. I think I fall in line with probably how you feel, but I, I, I just I believe that football is a is a physically demanding game and the only way to get tougher mentally is to show yourself and your teammates that you can get through the physical work because if you get the physical works you know if you get through that together 
you're going to be that much mentally tougher. And yeah, there's going to be times you can rest and stuff like that. But football is 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 a tough sport. Yeah, and I think, and you've heard we use this uh, word, this phrasing a lot, you know, and, and you've heard it a lot, right? The journey is the reward, right? Yeah, and that's what we try to get kids to understand. The day-to-day things we're asking you to be accountable for, right, and the things we're asking you to do—that's the reward. Uh, the other things are going to fade away, right? Whether you uh, jumped off sides or whether you uh, didn't block the right guy or whatever it is. Uh, the journey to get there, right? The, the, the grind that you have to put in in the weight room and the, and the physicalness of football. I, 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 you know, in a, all other sports, all other aspects of education have their own kids that gravitate towards that. But the kids that gravitate towards football, you know, I, I don't think there's any doubt that the physicalness of it is something that they're craving, right? And then something that they need to have or an outlet that they might need to have. And the, the closest one's probably wrestling that a little bit right uh, the closest one to that but there's no about, doubt about that that's why if you've ever been and you've been in a bunch of them in football locker rooms when their senior year is done when it's the last game you know because football is not a game that you're just going to pick up and start doing right it, yeah you're not going to go play in the noon football league when you're 30 right <laughs> so you can play some noon basketball or do whatever and wrestling's kind of the same way but but no, I and uh, there's so many different forces tugging at at athletics in every sense. Football's been a main target for a lot of naysayers for a long time. And, and the thing that I always used to uh, get a little, uh, you know, upset about or whatever is, I just didn't like the way that most most coaches that I've met, right? Most coaches that I've been around are interested in the players as people, right? Are interested in their health. I don't know many coaches that would put kids in a tough situation. And, and I, I, I never did like the state's kind of reflection on that. They didn't trust the coaches enough uh, to, to do the right things as far as tackling and all those things. And by the way, if you want kids to be better tacklers, they got to tackle, you know, yeah. so you got to teach them the skill. And if you're going to say, Hey, we're not going to tackle up to a certain point. I mean, I get what people are, saying but i would be more of a person that says hey teach them how to tackle right yeah. and, and give them good skills about how to tackle so when they get up there uh it's part of the game right tackling and being physical and the one-on-oneness of the game but that's what people that you know that's what kids are attracted to that's what there's certain personality in those human beings that are attracted to that and need that kind of thing so i should it shouldn't be something that we shy away from right just like people are attracted to the musical aspect that you can get from school. And that's awesome too. But uh, so a lot of forces at work against football. And, um, but, but I think, you know, if you want to get into the whole thing about how kids have trouble sometimes because they, they're afraid of failing or they, they're afraid of what might happen. So they don't ever do it. I mean, you know how it is, you get knocked down a few times, you get, you get hit down, get up. That's more of the things that are beneficial. Is it? It's not just because you're a great tackler. It's because hey, you put in the time to do that, and you've realized that hey, I've got knocked down. I can get back up again. I'm okay. I feel all right, and I can go a little bit harder, you know. And maybe there's a way to transfer that over to, you know, your personal life, your work life, you know, the things that go on, and not just about the act of actually being out there. It's what happens to you as a person as you grind, as you be physical, uh, some other traits start to come out. Confidence, you know, confidence is, and, and you've seen it too, it, so many kids need a confidence boost. And if they can get it in some way, being physical like that, it's it's well worth the effort to try to put it into it. Yeah, I think that's the thing that uh, is most outstanding to me is you take the kid that's an average athlete and you put him through the, through the weight room and by the time he's a senior, he's turned himself into a man. And he, well, athletically, he might not be, you know, uh, all that in a side of fries, but he's a physically tough uh, SOB that can, that can make a difference for you on a Friday night. And what, what the reason for that is because of the process that he's put himself through. And that's the, that's the carryover. You know, um, I think it was Tristan Peterson, Tristan Peters. Do you remember that? Um, maybe I'm saying the name wrong, but there's a young man that 
you know, that was a kid that I remember seeing as a freshman. I think you're the same way. Like, there's no way that kid's ever going to play. And then he stuck it out for three years, ended up being a manager, and then um, ended up really standing up for himself in a situation at school that we were like, holy cow, that's amazing. And that kid would have never been able to do that had he not had the confidence um, from the work that he put in in our program. And I remember him telling me, you know, on senior night, how, how proud he was that he played for, you know, for you and, and our staff. And he was teary eyed and crying. And he was just filming at that point. He didn't play his senior year. But, um, you know, I think that's the power of, of football. And I think people who haven't been involved with it are, are, are missing the boat in that. But, you know, to get to those things, you've got to go through hard things. Well, yeah. And and just like what you're talking about, and there's so many stories just like that, that we all know about, right? That people don't on the outside don't know about, right? The kid that's walking around the hallways at school with his hair down over his eyes, won't look up off the ground, able to bring him in a little bit, whether that kid ever, uh, you know, scores a touchdown for you, do whatever. It's more about what's happening to this kid, comes into the weight room, starts to get, cuts his hair up, stands up straight, looks at people in the hallway, gets some confidence, you know. Now, is that for every single kid? No, not every kid's going to respond for that, but there is a place for that, right? And Because uh, I think a lot of times kids in that age range are desperately trying to find a place where they fit in, right, or where they feel good about being in. Uh, and whether, And I think as a coach, is if you approach it like, hey, everybody's important here, this 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 guy is scoring our touchdowns, but you're important over here. And, and if a kid feels like that, and I think they respond to that. And once they respond to that, then they can start to build their confidence. You know, and, and I think I've seen it in so many and you have too, in so many situations that that never shows up on Friday night that the casual person who's outside of education or coaching doesn't understand uh, you know, that's like we were talking about the other day. The online stuff is great for what we're doing, but you know, the teaching and coaching is about the the little nuances that happen when you're face to face. You know, when you're and and how you motivate, and it's not just about the transfer of information. Yeah. So, coach, what are your what are your thoughts on the future of football? When I, you know, I, I I you're a pretty educated guy, and you like to read a lot, and um, you know. Where do you see the game going? Well, you know, I, 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 I tell you, I, I hope it's going to be around for a while in, in, in some whatever form it takes, just for all the reasons we've been talking about. Um, and, and I hope that it stays that way. I, I just uh, I see football as being around, you know, as long as uh, coaches do a good job of trying to be good stewards of what's important, you know, in the program. But, you know, I, I, we were talking about this the other day. I worry about a lot of different things. I worry about how other people view the value of athletics in the schools. I, mm. I, which, which I, I certainly value. I know you value, I mean, many people do value, but I, I worry about, uh, I worry about that. I, I, the, the concussion thing is real, right? It, it, it's real. But again, the game can be played in a certain way and taught a certain way where that is uh, that can be minimized. Right. Yeah. And, and for, yeah. for for all the things that we've been talking about, uh, the journey that kids can go through in a good program that emphasizes, you know, accountability, uh, responsibility. Those things are more important than what happens on the football field on Friday night. So I hope that it stays around for those type of of reasons also. But, you know, it's hard to say with the the times that we're in now, what the perspective will be on team sports in the high school setting. And, but, I've, but I hope that it does stay around because I think there's value to what kids learn from it. Yeah. You know, take, take out, you know, there's always horror stories on one side or another. Yeah, there's been some tough things happen, right? But like we used to talk about, I used to tell kids, uh, parents a lot of times, you got a lot better chance driving to school every day of something bad happening than you ever do being in a practice situation for football or a Friday night thing. Statistically, you're in, you know, for something bad to happen, it's much more likely to happen on the drive to school yeah. than it is in practice. Yeah. Well, that's good insight. So um, what, what are you reading now, coach? What are some of the best books you've read? You know, I, I love asking this question to people we've had on, you know, 
Well, I, I'm going to tell you, and this is going to seem uh, maybe a little strange, but I, I just started uh, uh, when I when I moved to uh, South Dakota, when I coached up there. Right. One of the things that really interests me and I know you've heard me talk to the kids about was the, the Sioux Indian tribe. Right. And the and the, the, the struggles of the of the Sioux uh, up there. And that was very prominent in Vermilion. Right. The Lakota tribe and the Sioux tribe. So. I, for whatever reason, I've been reading a couple different books, but I, I, I'm going to right now I'm reading um, uh, Bury My Heart at Wounded Knee, uh, which I've mm-hmm. already read. I, I've read it before, but I'm I'm actually uh, rereading it right now. So uh, and I think that book does a great job of just kind of the the struggle that the Native American has faced uh, in this country and. And uh, I, to be honest, what really sparked me to do it was uh, the, the, the tribe, the the Alagala Sioux, which was Crazy Horse, was a, the the chief of that tribe. You know, they're still on the reservations in South Dakota. Uh, there's 12,000 of uh, the Cheyenne River uh, Sioux and the Alagala Sioux, um, and right now they're trying to protect themselves from the virus. And there's mm. some things going on. There's some things going on in South Dakota. Uh, that kind of got me interested in they're, they're doing some road blockades and things to try to keep people out of the reservation. And that wow. just kind of, yeah, they just kind of, well, they have 12,000 people on the reservation in an eight, eight bed hospital. Oh, wow. And, so, and, they, and then the nearest hospital from the Pine Ridge is three hours away. Right. So they're, they're concerned about the safety of the tribe in there. And then there's going to, there's some conflict now with the, the, South Dakota government about whether they can actually roadblock or not. So they're dealing with that, right? That's what kind of got me. And I, I hadn't read uh, Bury My Heart at Wounded Knee for a long time. So I'm kind of rereading it right now. So that seems a little strange. I don't know. No, I love it. I think that's great. You know, you mentioned Crazy Horse. When I was a, when I was a young kid, my dad and I were in uh, Indian Guides together. And that was his, that was his name, uh, a Crazy Horse. We went and saw uh, that in South Dakota when we were I think I was six or seven. We want to. Oh, yeah. 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 And so when I when I lived in Vermilion, I lived there for six years. Right. A lot of uh, like I said, the Lakota is from up there and a lot of the tribes, just a lot of the culture is still around up there in South Dakota. So it got me interested back then. And I've read a lot of books about Crazy Horse or Red Cloud or some of the things up there. So that's what I'm reading right now. You and Phil Jackson, baby. (laughs) I'm watching that series. Yeah, that's amazing. It's unbelievable television. You know, uh, to that point, real quick, what, you know, when you when you see someone like Michael Jordan leading the way in sprints, I mean, you talk about head coaches and coaches all over the world going absolutely crazy for this is what we're talking about. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know that that's been a great series to watch for all. I think it it relates to everything everybody's trying to do to try to coach or try to motivate kids or try to do it. Um, but I also forgot how, uh, you know, I, am not a big NBA fan, but back though, in those days, I was kind of following that stuff mm-hmm. and forgotten how physical of a game, the game has changed. It was a very physical game back then. And, uh, to, uh, to watch them play the Pistons and, you know, all the things that I had forgotten kind of about that, but I did watch a lot of the, uh, and, uh, had thought about that too. If anybody's having any uh, decision-making trouble with deciding who the best basketball player was, <laughs> I think that that kind of uh, clears it up for them. You're preaching to the choir on that one. I grew up in that <laughs> area, and you know, I, I grew up all around that, and um, was in college during you know the end of that, and married at the way way end of it. But uh, you know, he you know that's a guy that everybody in the Chicago area you know just idolizes because of what he brought to the table every single night and and true competitor on so many levels. And there aren't many people that are built like that. No, absolutely. Yeah. Great series. Well, coaches, we finish up um, again, you know, I, I just need to impress upon you and I know I've told you this before, but I, I wouldn't be where I am without, without your mentorship and your guidance. And I need people to understand uh, what a strong influence you, you've been in my life for the last 12 years and, and helping me be where I am today. And, you know, people don't know this very much, uh, but I student taught for you uh, in the fall of 2011. Um, and that was just a phenomenal experience. And to the point of you you allowing people to just go do their job, you know, you allowed me to just go teach and grow. And then you offered great mentorship and guidance to that. And um, things have worked just out spectacularly. I couldn't ask for a better 
situation for how things have turned out. And, you know, I credit you and, and Matt in, in so many different ways uh, for where I am today. And so I just need you to know how grateful and blessed I am for our relationship. And I'm honored you took time uh, to just talk with me today and, and, and share with people who, who don't necessarily know your story, but will now. Um, you know, as, as we leave, are, is there anything you feel like we haven't touched on regarding game of football or coaching that, that you'd like to leave with anybody? No, but I appreciate you saying those nice things about me. And th this has been a, a fun experience to do this. And uh, I just want to make sure you spell my name right on my check, right? You, the, you got it. Uh, is, is this a paid appearance? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely sponsored. So I'll send you the penny for every listen. <laughs> no, this right, has been fun. Appreciate it. Awesome. Well, we'd like to thank Coach Forsyth for spending the last hour with us today. And as always, let's keep life leadership and the pursuit of greatness and all that we do. Thanks again for checking out our podcast today and sticking around to the end. Dwayne Mathis and I are so grateful that you decided to stop by. Just a reminder to rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast on any platform that you use to listen in. Apple, Google, Spotify, you name it, we're on it. If you have any questions, please be sure to send us an email at lifeleadpg at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you, our listeners, about topics you want to hear regarding leadership. Also check out our YouTube channel. We post videos every Sunday and recap the podcast that we had the previous week. Great opportunity to get a quick hit of what we're talking about. Subscribe to the YouTube channel so you don't miss an opportunity to get better as a leader. And as always, let's keep chasing life, leadership, and pursuit of greatness in everything that we do. Have a great night.